Welcome to the podcast where we track down Australian war veterans, have a chat with them and hear their stories. I'm Alex Lloyd and this is Life on the Line. They were building positions in there if for a fight. to us, by the time anyone got to us, I think it was chaos. the weather was so bad, there would be no to run boots full of blood. And the next thing I hear was alarms screaming. Chances of survival were very, very slick. The soldiers didn't want to go into the ambushes, so they'd send the kids in first. So he was sent in first into an ambush and he got shot in the stomach. It was very hard for me, very hard for my family. And the pain burst. Proud of the crew, proud of what I've achieved and what I'm doing. The volunteer for service was in effect to put your life on the line. Welcome to Life on the Line. To mark Anzac Day this year, we've compiled some highlights from our interview archives. This is World War II Army veteran Richard Miles, recounting his father's experiences at Gallipoli during the First World War. My father landed at Gallipoli at about 4.30 a.m. on the 25th of April 1915 as a member of the 12th Battalion being part of the 3rd Brigade of 1st Division, which was the covering force for the whole of the landing. The force moved inland over very steep terrain towards their objectives, which were not met because of the terrain being so difficult. My father was wounded in the leg about 11am on that day, and after walking back to the beach using his rifle as a crutch from where he was, he was evacuated to Cairo eventually. He returned to be involved in the Battle of Lone Pine in early August, a battle in which seven VCs were awarded, certainly the most in any battle fought by the Australians. He continued to serve in Gallipoli until December evacuation. He went on to serve in France until the end of the war. I was born in 1922, shortly after the war ended, and developed an early interest in World War I and asked my father quite a lot about it, which otherwise he may not have discussed. As a consequence of that, I became aware of the loss and sacrifice of war early in my life. Richard's reflections then moved on to how World War II impacted on his generation and those school friends he lost to war. I've experienced a wonderful, rich and fulfilling life in every aspect of it over 91 years, while those of my year friends died at an average age of 22. Because of that fulfilment, I realised the totality of their sacrifice. In the case of my own year, 1939, we lost 11 of 56, which is 20% of our number. They died at an average age of 21, about three years older than boys leaving school in these times, and that is certainly very young. 78% of our years served, which I think is quite a remarkable response. To volunteer for service was in effect to put your life on the line. It was an upheaval which engulfed the whole world, and there were times during the war when it was touch and go for civilization as we live it and value it. They gave absolutely all at the threshold of their manhood in the cause of civilization, and those words are not too strong. We who survived and all of us have enjoyed the richness and fullness of life in total freedom. To illustrate the nature of loss at an early age, 
I share a small incident with you concerning my own year. In 1939, I would guess, I attended a small tennis party in Warunga with three others of my own year. We were dressed in our whites, as was the custom, on a clear autumn afternoon. I see it vividly in my mind. The others were J.W. Carter, R.H. Collis and Ian O'Reilly. For 68 years, I have been the only survivor of that autumn afternoon. How can one eradicate from one's mind, even 68 years out in time, that innocent gathering of young men playing together, so shortly most of them to be obliterated as human beings by their loss in war? Should you think that I live in the past in nostalgic memory of these people, let me assure you that I do not. I live very much in the present and into the future. However, as part of that process, as time moves steadily on, from the war years, increasingly I honour the sacrifice of those who died so early in their lives, and I recall the riches and blessings of my own life in the years since those young men were so early cut off. In some ways I find myself the last man standing and still speaking publicly about those whom we commemorate from a knowledge of whom they were as real living human beings rather than a list of names of people the ranks of those who knew them are thinning as time moves on. They are worthy of your honouring and remembrance of them now and in the future. That was Richard Miles sharing some of his memories of his father and his old classmates. Richard survived World War II and has never forgotten those friends who did not return. Richard was interviewed for our World War II documentary miniseries for School and Country. You can find out more at forschoolandcountry.com and check out the Facebook page for School and Country. You can follow the podcast on Facebook too at Life on the Line Podcast, which is also how we're known on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at LOTLpod. I hope you had a memorable Anzac Day this year, whether it was making a dawn service, a parade, or a game of two-up. Life on the Line is brought to you by Thistle Productions, artwork by Big Cat Design, music by Dan Van Werkhoven. Thanks for listening, and lest we forget. Mm-hmm.